Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation. Well, I want to talk about Thanksgiving this morning. After having spent a week in Romania, walking through these villages, seeing people living in absolutely third world conditions, we all have a lot to be thankful for, I'll tell you. It, it really just brought it to the forefront of all of our thoughts and hearts. But 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, those are some verses you're probably pretty familiar with. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's one of those verses that's really easy to read, but boy, it's a lot harder to let it play out in your life when you're in the midst of some really tough times and trials. You know, most of you are are familiar with this passage of Scripture. You've read it many times, but sometimes, even though we're familiar with it, this verse is, uh, I think we still confuse the message sometimes. What we have to pay particular attention to in this verse, in my opinion, is what it does not say rather than what it does say. And here's what I mean. Verse 18, it does not say to give thanks for all circumstances. Rather, what it says is to give thanks in all circumstances. And there is a huge, huge difference. In giving thanks, how many of you have had circumstances in your life that you just weren't very thankful for? I think we can all put our hand up on that one, right? We've all experienced things that's like, man, this is the pits. And the good news is, God doesn't expect us to be thankful for some horrible trial we're going through in our life, but He enables us to be thankful in the midst of that trial. That's the difference between Christians and non-Christians. We have the hope, the strength, and the power to be, have a heart of gratitude even in the midst of difficult times, whereas those who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, all they get to do is be miserable and un- very ungrateful. So we don't have to be thankful for the trial, but rather we're thankful for what God has in store for us on the other side of that trial that He's going to bring us through victoriously. Amen? So, uh, as Todd and Brian and Steve and I were in Romania, one afternoon we uh, took kind of a long lunch, and we were able to go to the church in the village of Hoseman and have lunch with all of the kids that were receiving that one free hot meal that they get every day. And I mean, they were chowing it down, weren't they, Todd? I mean, it's like they couldn't get enough. And that's their big meal of the day, and we were able to, we went, drove into the village of Seekendale, and we were handing out candy bars. Do we have a picture of that, I think, guys? And man, these kids, they were just like you were just handed them the moon. You know, we had, had these, found these big candy bars that we were able to get at a pretty good price, and we bought a case of those things and were handing them out. Some of these kids were pretty smart. A couple of them we saw, we handed them their candy bar, and then we saw put it in the back pocket, and then they came back like they had nothing. You got one for me? You got one for me? Nah, you got yours, man. They were pretty smart. But in the village of Seekendale, you know, we came across this house, if you want to call it that, 
is bring up that picture, guy. That, that is a house right there. You see some timbers running horizontally, and that's just mud stuffed in between them. This is a mud house. We were invited inside. We went inside. And that, that thing is about 12 foot by 12 foot, I would guess. The dirt floor with some rugs laid down on the dirt. And inside at the time, uh, there were five kids. But in this house, there's the mom and dad living there with their eight kids. We couldn't even figure out how on earth they sleep at night physically. How do you, I mean, unless they just line up like sardines or in there, that 10 people living in about a 12 by 12 mud house. And when you see that, it, it becomes very, very apparent how blessed we are. Man, I mean, uh, Thanksgiving week is, is once again upon us. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've used to say the best way to tell that Thanksgiving is almost here, all the Christmas stuff is up in the stores. This year, they beat that. You know, Halloween is almost here because all the Christmas stuff, is it's like pretty soon they're going to be putting this stuff up in July, I guess, or July or August. I think it's mentally supposed to get us in the shopping mood. It's a marketing thing, you know. But it's just crazy, isn't it? I remember when all the, right after Thanksgiving, all the Christmas stuff went up. That's when you knew Christmas was right around the corner. But you at least got to celebrate Thanksgiving, right? All of you moms and dads, grandparents, this week, all of your, your kids or grandkids will be coming home from school, and they'll have those little handmade turkeys cut out of construction paper using their hand, and they paint them, you know, and then that material is required to be up on the fridge till about February or March. That's just how that goes, right? Another thing I find amazing during Thanksgiving week is how a lot of politicians act when the president gives a Thanksgiving address, which is the norm. Most of those guys who almost choke on their tongue every time they hear someone mention the word God, you know, they all of a sudden they act very pious and spiritual for that. And so this is the same God that they spend most of the year trying to keep out of every walk of life. But of all the major holidays, I think Thanksgiving has become uh, well, one of the most unusual in that it combines God and government and society it is now, it's perfectly acceptable for everyone, regardless of religion, regardless of any relationship with God, to express thanks on Thanksgiving Day. And we as Christians, it ought to make us feel a little bit disturbed, because one thing I've noticed in my 61 years of life is that when something becomes universally acceptable, you better look out. You know, it, it, things become universally acceptable because it's been drastically watered down or changed from its original purpose. Christmas and Easter have become perfect examples of that. But this morning, I want us to stop for a minute and just take three looks, three things that we can place as safeguards in our life to protect Thanksgiving from becoming one of these just watered-down universal holidays, when in fact it is a day to bring honor to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Three things that we need to remember. The first one is this. We need to make sure that we're thankful to the right one. Make sure you're thankful to the right one. That's the number one thing. If we're going to take time to stop and, and be thankful, it's important that we're thankful to the right person, right? 
If someone buys you a brand new car, you walked outside, there's a brand new car, got the big red bow and they hand you the keys, you're not going to run to the dealership and thank them for that car. You're going to thank the source that brought it into your life, right? That's what we're talking about here this morning. It's important that we're thankful in life, but what is really important is knowing exactly who we're going to be thankful to. That's a good question at Thanksgiving time. If a person is really, really thankful for what they have in their life, the question should be, well, I'm glad you're thankful. Thankful to whom? A lot of times we get things all mixed up and we almost become more thankful to ourselves than we do the Lord Himself. We kind of look at ourselves as our provider. King David, he always knew who to be thankful to. If anyone had a reason to lift his voice of thanks to God, it was David all throughout his life. He started out as a shepherd boy. Shepherds are the lowest, at the time, they're just the lowest person on the social order. And you know, we, when we were in Romania, traveling out into the country to these small villages, we would often pass these big hillsides or these lower-lying pasture lands and see these big old flocks of sheep with a shepherd. To this day, thousands of years later, there, there's many guys, that is their life, that's their job. They're there with this flock of sheep every day, day in and day out. A lot of things, there are some things that haven't changed in many thousands of years. That's one of them. But David started out as a shepherd boy. He became the hero of a nation. He also became a hunted fugitive who eventually became king. And most importantly, he was a condemned sinner, a murderer, who became a man after God's own heart. I'm telling you, if there was hope for David, there's hope for any of us. That's the, that's the absolute truth. So it becomes very clear why David begins the 103rd Psalm. He says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. So at Thanksgiving time, we, and it shouldn't be just at Thanksgiving time, it should be every day of the year, right? We should be thankful for all that we have. But especially at Thanksgiving, as we celebrate our provider, God our provider, just being thankful is not enough. We have to be sure that we're being thankful to the right one. God is our sole provider. We provide nothing for ourselves, but sometimes we, it's easy for us to cop an attitude and, boy, look at all you know I've got in my life. I, boy, have I worked hard for that. I, I, that's because of me right there. No, absolutely not. We provide ourselves nothing. Everything we have, we have because God has enabled us. If we have worked hard for it, praise God that we are able to work hard, but He gave us the blessing of being able to work hard. There are a lot of people in this world that would love to have that blessing, but they can't. Maybe they're, you know, they have a disability that doesn't allow them to just have a job like you and I would do, and they would love that opportunity to just get up out of a wheelchair, let's say, and have a good hard day's work, be blessed of God, but they don't get to experience that. Everything we have, we have because God has allowed it. Some people say, well, if that's true, I'm kind of hacked off with God because there's a lot of junk in my life I wish I didn't have. 
You know that old expression, you can't have your cake and eat it too. That kind of is how this works. If we allow God to help us make good decisions in our life, God allows good things to happen in our life. If we allow ourselves to make bad decisions in our life, you can take it to the bank. God will allow some bad things to happen. Now this rule, what I'm saying, it's not saying that if we allow God to help us make good decisions, nothing bad or unpleasant is ever going to come our way. They certainly will. We know God's Word tells us that. We know that God's Word assures us that there are trials and tribulations that come our way along this journey, but as Christians, there's a great blessing that we have. We are able to be thankful in knowing that as we strive to make godly decisions in our life, God is more than faithful. He's always more than faithful to not only bring us through these trials victoriously, but we always come through the trials stronger in our faith for having placed God in charge of it. We always grow in our faith. So it's not enough just to be thankful. We have to make sure we're being thankful to the right one. Amen? God is our absolute provider. There's too many people today who are thankful for what they have, but they kind of give the credit to themselves. And we've probably all done that at some point in our life. It's very easy to slip into that. Boy, look what I've accomplished. When the truth is, without God enabling us, we could do absolutely nothing. Secondly, make sure that you're thanking God for the right reasons. Thank Him for the right reasons. If you were to draw up a list of things that you are really thankful for, let's say that give yourself a top five or top ten, what would you put on your list? The things that you're really thankful for. I think most of us could make a pretty quick list of the really important things in our lives. I printed one up. I, I like to call it the five F's. The five F's. Faith, family, freedom, friends for motorcycles. It's just, that's, that's the five. I don't know where that word came from, but <laughs> what's on your list, huh? I think a lot of us would list the privilege of living in the United States somewhere near the top. If not, you should. And after just coming back from this seven-day trip to Romania, going into these villages where people are living in mud houses, it shoots way up to the top of the thankful list. Just the privilege of living in the United States. Despite all of the different aches and pains we have, most of us are thankful for our physical blessings, right? I mean, if you're here this morning and you're alive and breathing, you have reason to be thankful. Someone said this, they said, count all your fingers and your toes, and if your mind is sharp enough to count that high, thank Him for your mind. Because there's people who can't. We really need to be thankful for the very basic things in life that are so very, very important, but sometimes we take for granted. You know, a lot of times we take our sight, the blessing of being able to just see things. It's easy to take that for granted until you're spending time with someone who can't. The ability to hear what's going on in the world around us. Sometimes maybe we wouldn't like to hear what's going on in the world around us, but it's a blessing to be able to, amen? 
We take that for granted until we're around someone who can't. The ability to walk from one place to another, we take it for granted. But I'm telling you, until you spend some time with someone who can't, you realize, man, it's a fantastic blessing to just be able to get up out of a chair and walk somewhere. Now, granted, as we get older, it gets a little tougher. The groans and the grunts as you're getting up out of a chair that started about age 40 just continue to escalate, don't they? You know, at 40, you get out of a chair, mm, not too bad. 50, I'm telling you now, 60, oh, okay, I'm out of that chair right there. I'm ready to go. Got out of the chair. Now we're thankful to anybody know what I'm talking about here? I don't know what I don't know what it's gonna be like at 70. I mean, I'm already grunting pretty good at 60. But it continues to escalate, and yet we still need to be thankful for all of those things that we have. We should be thanking God every day for giving us all that we need. Are you thankful for that? Now, notice I said for giving us all that we need. I didn't say all that we want. Sometimes we get all caught up in the wants, don't we? I will admit, I don't have everything I'd like to have. Does that shock anyone? There are some things in this world I think would be really cool to have. Given my present financial position, I will probably never own any of those things. But it's just nice to sit and think about it sometimes. May never have it, but that's okay. You know, nobody gets everything they want. Nobody. Some wise man said, you can't have everything. Where would you put it? It's a lot of wisdom. Think about that for a while. How many of you already have a hard time finding place for the stuff you do have? And you don't nearly have everything. We don't even have everything, but we pay money every month to rent a storage space to put all of the stuff that we, you know, it's our stuff, so we're going to hang on to it. We're going to pay money every month to put it in this place because there's not enough room in our, you know, our big house. It really gets a little crazy, doesn't it? But I will say that you don't have to feel guilty about daydreaming once in a while about things you'd like to have. I will be honest with you. You should feel very guilty if you spend more time thinking about those things than you do being thankful for everything that God has already given you. That's where we get ourselves in trouble. It's easy to forget the everyday essentials that are so important in our lives. But there's nothing wrong with daydreaming about something. I, here's my, I personally think it would be really cool to own a brand new shiny red Ferrari Enzo. Man, that would be cool. And I would tell you, if I just had a spare two million laying around that I didn't know what to do with, maybe I'd get one. I don't know. Isn't that crazy? You let me worry about that, okay? <laughs> I'll get it. If I have to butter myself down, I will get in the thing. I might have to get the can of Crisco out, but I'm getting it. If somebody gives me that, I'm, I'm in that thing. I'll figure out a way to get in it. So you just think about that thing that you kind of daydream about having in life that you're probably never going to be able to have. 
but this, this, what? I work alone up here. I, I just, <laughs> I just. <laughs> Let's say I got this Ferrari Enzo somehow, some way. The truth is actually this. If I didn't have fresh, clean water to drink, I would be dead in six to seven days and wouldn't be able to drive it anyway. That's the truth, right? So you just fill in the blank of anything, that wild thing that you tend to daydream about and realize if you couldn't have fresh water to drink, you'd be dead in six to seven days. That's if you're in good shape. If you're in lousy shape, maybe three days. You can go quite a while without food. You can't go very long without water. Some people can go 14, 15 days without food. I plan for the future. I plan for catastrophe. I'm good for two months, I figure. I just plan for the future, you know. You never know what's going to happen. We need to always recognize that God is absolutely the supplier of our needs. Amen? David made a list of things he was thankful for. Going back to Psalms 103, let's look at this. Psalms 103, 2-5. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So in the, that short verse of Scripture, he begins, David, man, I mean, he had his priorities right. He begins by thanking God for being a God that can forgive our sins, just wash them away. Man, David knew what was important, right? Of all the things, he was king of a nation. He lived in a palace. When we were in Romania, we walked through a couple of these European castles, and it's like, it's like mind-blowing. You know, gold lame curtains, gold uh, on the walls. I mean, it's like, good night, who lived like this? And this was hundreds and hundreds of years ago. David had all of that. But the thing he was most grateful for, that he served a God that could forgive his sins. Because I don't care how you slice it, that is the most important thing in life. He doesn't start by thanking God for making him king or making Israel a strong nation. He begins by thanking God that he can forgive him of sins. Because when you break it all down, that is in fact the most precious thing that has ever been offered to any of us. Forgiveness of sin. If you haven't experienced forgiveness of sin in your life, it's not because it hasn't been offered to you, it's because you have not accepted it. You need to do that before you walk out the doors today. It's the most important thing in your life. Secondly, David is thankful that God is able to heal our diseases. Well, that became very real to Janet and I in the last 48 hours. David, he didn't know much about germs or viruses, things like that. But he did know that when the people of Israel were faithful to serve God, they didn't experience all the plagues and the diseases that nations around them did. He knew that God delivered them from that. You know, none of us fully understand everything that happens in life, right? We've all had things that happen to us, and we just shake our heads to, you know, why? I have found that if you'll be continue to serve God faithfully, faithfully, you may not get the answer that day, 
But somewhere later down the road, the answer comes. And you're able to look back with, with all of the foresight that God had at the time. And you realize, ah, that's why I went through that. I'd have never been able to minister to this person had I not gone through something like that in my life. There's always a reason, even though we don't understand it immediately quite often. But God is still the great physician. He knows much better than we do. He knows the deepest needs of our lives, whether they're physical or whether they're spiritual. He knows everything about us. He will always do in our life what He knows is best for us. And we can be thankful for that. Amen? That's something to be thankful for. The most powerful being in existence is concerned about what's best for us. Well, that's a pretty big deal. Certainly something to be thankful for. David was thankful that God redeems our life from the pits and crowns us with love and compassion. God did that for David. He continues to do that for us thousands of years later. Have you ever stopped and pondered the thought of where you might be today if it weren't for the grace of God? Now I want to tell you, that is a ponderous thought right there. Where would you be today were it not for the grace of God? Some of us might be sitting in prison cells. Some of you might be drug addicts were it not for the grace of God. Some of you might be alcoholics. Some of you might just be skid row bums living on the street, no place to go. Some of you might be thieves today were it not for the grace of God. Some of you may be even murderers. Take my mom, for example. Had it not been for the grace of God operating in her life, especially like during the 1970s, she would probably be a murderer. And I would be not here preaching to you today. That's just all I'm going to say about that. How many times have you, did your parents ever say, look, boy, I brought you into this world and I could take you out. But boy, had it not been for the grace of God, this, we'd probably be about half as many people here this morning as there are because we, we'd have just been taken out for doing stupid, stupid stuff. Amen? Might have happened. We need to all be thankful that God has lifted our lives out of the pits and literally crowned us with love and compassion. And lastly, David is thankful that God satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. How many of you would enjoy some renewed youth? Man, we live in a world that's all about finding the fountain of youth, right? A lot of people are looking for it at the plastic surgeon's office. A lot of reality TV shows about that. I'm more of a realist. I look in the bathroom mirror and I say, Doug Roberts, you have changed. You looked a lot different in high school and in your 20s. I realize that. I admit it. I didn't have all this gray hair I've got, although I'm thankful for what's there. And the hair that I had was mostly all on my head, not coming out of my nose and my ears. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You know, a few weeks goes by, you haven't been paying attention. All of a sudden, you look in that mirror, there's like three hairs coming out of your ear that you could like put in a French braid. And I was like, wow, man, where did it? It's 
crazy, isn't it? I don't know where those things come from, but maybe they're growing fast. I didn't used to look pregnant. Those were good days. Didn't have all these wrinkles and freckles in my skin. I don't mind telling you, I was a little discouraged here recently. I, I decided to go to the plastic surgeon's office. I said, Doc, you think you can fix me up? He looked at me and said, no. <laughs> I said, why not? He said, I don't have enough plastic. I thought that was rude. I may go get a second opinion. Still thinking about it. I think Paul described it best when he said, listen to what Paul said. This is, man, this describes our humanity to a T. We are wasting away on the outside. But inside, we are renewed day by day. You know, just living in this imperfect world, this outside shell is going to continue to deteriorate more and more every day. But the one thing the devil can't change or take from us is God's renewal in our spirit. The strength in our spirit. We're not getting weaker, we get stronger every day we serve God. No matter what happens to the outside physical body. We're not going to need it that long anyway. We live to be a hundred. That's not very long in the overall scope of eternal life. It's a little, barely a chicken scratch on the line of eternity. So we put up with these frail bodies that go to pot. Big deal. We have an eternity to look forward to in a perfect, godly made body that's never going to be sick, never going to experience pains or aches. It's going to be unbelievable, right? That's quite the blessing to be thankful for. What awaits each and every one of us. So we thank God for the right reasons that He renews us daily. And the third thing that we need to remember about thankfulness is this. Even though very unpleasant things can happen to God's people, we can still praise Him. We need to still praise Him. You know, here's something Job said. And Job had pretty much everything stripped away from him. He said, every man is born to trouble just as the sparks fly upward. Well, he experienced it firsthand. Yet even though trouble is guaranteed in our life, we always can still be praising God and have a heart of thanksgiving because we know what the future holds for us. It's in His hands. And anything in God's hands is incredible. And it's forever. That's the future we have. An incredible forever waiting for each and every one of us. See, the difference between God's people and everyone else is that God's people, we never suffer alone. Will we suffer? Yes. What's the big difference? We never suffer alone. There's always someone there to give us strength, to bring us through that trial. If we don't have a relationship with God, you're struggling alone. You're all on. The only thing you have to, uh, to look forward to is grief and pain and sorrow because there's nothing that's going to redeem you out of that. Maybe you remember this verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. That makes all the difference. Are we going to walk through some dark valleys? Absolutely. Are we going to be alone? Nope. We're going, to be, we're going to have the most powerful being in existence walking right beside us, giving us strength. 
That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. God tells us that He hears every cry that comes from the lips of His children. He hears every prayer that just comes from the depth of their heart. And He says He reaches down to rescue us, to pull us up out of the pit. That's being rescued, right? That's reason to be thankful. He's always there, ready and willing to rescue us. You know, as, as parents or grandparents, when you have a child or a grandchild who's hurting, he's very sad, I will tell you that is one of the most effective times to express your love to them. And the same is true of all of us. God is like that with us. Some of your greatest moments with God may very possibly be times when you are hurting the worst. When you feel the most empty. Because it's usually during times like that that we become keenly aware that He's with us. Or we become keenly aware that He's not. One is an incredible feeling. One is a very devastating feeling. But one or the other is going to happen. We need to all make an effort to recognize the blessings that maybe we've come to take for granted. Focus on what you have rather than what you don't have and see if your attitude toward life doesn't start to get a lot better. Just focus on what you do have. You say, I don't have that much. Todd and Brian and Steve and I are here to tell you you've got a whole, whole lot. You can't believe how much you've got because we've seen those that don't. And yet, many of these families living in these mud houses who have, are attending these churches that we're supporting in these small villages, they are happier than most of the executives working on Wall Street. They feel they've got the world and all it has to offer simply because they have Jesus. And they, they feel that hope for eternity, I think in a greater way than we do because we're a little spoiled, let's face it. We're all a little bit spoiled. We have to really stop and focus on what life would be like without all these blessings that we kind of take for granted. But we need to do it. I'm thankful for the blessing, but we need to stop and remember where the blessing came from. So here's a few suggestions be thankful that you don't have everything you want because what would you have to look forward to? Be thankful for difficult times in life because that's when you really grow the most. Be thankful for your limitations because they give you opportunities to grow. Be thankful for each new challenge in life because it's going to build some strength and character in your life. You can even be thankful in the midst of your mistakes because if you look to God, you're going to learn a very valuable lesson that you can take with you on the rest of the journey. We've all learned lessons the hard way, right? Be thankful when you're tired. I love this one. Be thankful when you are tired and weary because that means you've made a difference somewhere. So the two days after being down on our hands and knees, putting that flooring in us up there, the third day, it hurt to stand up. But you know, I read that and I thought, that's exactly it. Lord, I'm thankful for the aches and pains. It means we, we made a difference in someone's life. So thank you for that. If I didn't have the aches and pains, that meant we didn't do anything. 
No one was blessed. And like David did, the best place to begin this list of things to be thankful for is being thankful that he offers us forgiveness. You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com, connect with us on Facebook, or call us at 210-657-3578.